before we even kick off the podcast, I just want to remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. Hey guys, I've got Coach Rich Warsel with me today. Uh, coach Warsel is a 19-year coach, most recently spending three years as the Director of Football Research and Analytics at the University of Akron. Uh, prior to that, he spent eight years as the Offensive Coordinator at University of Laverne, and uh, sometimes the Offensive Coordinator at my alma mater, Illinois College, and Milliken and Lakeland College. Um, coach Warsel is uh, somebody that I have sort of known through the through twitter for a while but the first time I actually getting a chance to sit and talk with him so coach welcome how are you doing i'm good man i'm, I'm good it's uh it's it's like the first time in my career i don't have a job so it's uh <laughs> it, it's uncharted territory it's, it's right. really a weird place to be it i mean you know obviously I, i'm i'm rooting for you hoping you land on your feet soon but yeah it's 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 funny how how even I mean I can remember I can relate even during COVID you're kind of you're scrambling with stuff to do I mean obviously there's always recruiting there's always film there's always things like that but just the not having the normal day-to-day it's kind of you want to pull your hair out a lot so I, I definitely feel for you in that and and wish you the best hope you find something soon yeah that's uh I tell you, I just got done reading uh, Jay Glazer's uh, book, Unbreakable. Yeah. And uh, he talks so much in there about mental health. And it's, there is, I mean, when I, when I first got done, I had a plan laid out, like, okay, I'm going to watch, get up, watch film in the morning. I'm going to kind of have my dogs trying to break into the room. That's, <laughs> I know the feeling, mine are scratching the door too. Let me let him in real fast. Yeah, you're good. And, uh, so, you, you, you know, I have this great plan in place of like, all right, I'm going to get up, I'll watch film, I'll make notes, I'll do this. And I did that for a while. Yeah. Um, and then now, like, we're going into like, you know, March and I'm like, okay, you, you have good days, you have bad days, you know, just being candid. Like, there's oh, some yeah. days you're like, I'm never going to get a job again. Like, yeah. I'm never, never going to get to coach. And then there's days where you're like, oh, no, I feel pretty good. So, right. Well, I mean, and, 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 and all it takes is, all it takes is one conversation or one text message from somebody and it kind of, it, it lights the fire a little bit um, and gets you excited again for those opportunities. And, 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 you know, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, a, I, I like to think I'm a pretty positive person, but I always sort of, when I get good news or the hint of good news, I freaking take it and run with it. Um, so I'm off, you know, I'm kind of always making plans for five years in advance, even though nothing's ever come to fruition. But um, so, I mean, those, those phone calls, those conversations definitely can, can make, uh, make the, all the difference, but yeah, I mean, you're, you're 100% right. Like the, and it's been, people talk about it on Twitter a lot, the, the mental health aspect of things, especially for coaches in, in today's game is, is very underlooked. And, and sometimes you get those hard nosed guys, <clears throat> um, you know, the older quote unquote older generation who kind of frown upon the, you know, sometimes it's okay to ask for help and sometimes it's okay to, to reach out, to, to check in on guys and see how they're doing. So um, yeah, I definitely know what you're talking about with that. Yeah. So it's, yeah, you, you just kind of go through that and uh, it's uh, it, it just is, it can be stressful at times, but I mean, I mean, when else am I going to have this much time on my hands to, 
to read and to do things right. I've wanted to do and, and not had time to. So there's been a lot of like growth and development on, on my side of things right? Um, as well. So it's not all like, I'm not sat here just like crying with a blanket over my head. I'm, it's, uh, <laughs> you know. No. Yeah. You're, you know, you'll, you'll, I mean, I think, you know, you're, you're, you're a positive guy. You're a, you know, you're a, 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 a you know, a well-respected guy. You'll definitely come out a better coach in my opinion. A lot of guys, I mean, a lot of guys came out of it, uh, you know, out of that, a better coach and, and gone through those situations where, you know, just the taking their lumps, so to speak, and come out better coaches. So I, I know you feel the same way. It's just, it's tough. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's tough right now um, having to deal with it, but uh, you know, there's always light at the end of the tunnel, right? Oh, heck yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, it's good. Sorry. Like, I mean, it just, I just want to make sure I'm like transparent and it's one of the things I kind of picked up from this book is someone asks you how you do it and it's okay to be like, well, you know, today's not been the best yeah. day and, uh, and, and to kind of do that. But, I, you know, I'm not sat here, you know, like I said, like, you know, woe is me. I've, I've been very fortunate to make it 19 years without, you know, getting clipped so far. So right. <laughs> um, that's a pretty good streak I'll, I'll take. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. Well, you kind of, you, you know, you kind of mentioned 19 years and that sort of brings me to my first question. Um, I ask everybody and you've been a part of some really great teams, uh, conference championships and, and the division one level. Talk to me about how the offensive line uh, played a role in some of those really, really good teams, especially the conference championship teams. Man. Um, well, I can tell you when we're at Lakeland, I'll take you back to when I was a young buck in 2004, we're playing Aurora and, uh, they were rolling our conference at that time um, by like 50, 60 point games. It felt like, yeah. and we went to their place and played them. Um, and we, we end up scoring late in the game, our backup running backs playing, and we're going to go for two to win the game to, to win the conference championship. And we call a, a pass play and uh, they call timeout. We get on the sideline. <laughs> our whole line comes over to our coach and, and Dakota Z and they're basically like F that like <laughs> run the ball. And so we run, uh, we line up, we run power and, and they double team that three technique about out of the back of the end zone. And we, we run it in clean and, and win the conference title, Aaron Barry carrying it in. So, I mean, the old line made us tick and uh, on that team. And then again, you know, you fast forward to when we we're at Illinois college and building, you know, that team into a playoff team. And it was the same thing there when, when our O-line was really solid and, and we could run block and pass protect and do both those things at a high level, then you could do whatever you wanted on offense. It just made everybody around them better. Um, yeah. And uh, they communicated at a high level. It just, I don't know, when you coach the best groups you've been around and you kind of look back on them, you feel like you're not limited at all in what you want to come up with. Um and the best all lines could handle like, hey, if they give us this front, we're going to do this. And if they give us this look, they're going to bring this blitz and they just handle it. So you can give them as much information as, as they can handle and they can handle it all. Right. And and so, you know, the years where you're not as good, you're, you're having to like, dumb down is the wrong word, but you're having to like simplify your rules and then simplify how much you're giving them and then simplify and know, hey, if they bring a certain blitz from a certain look, you're probably not going to recognize it that week, that season. Right. Um, so the, the years, you know, Illinois College, we you know, had that better group. And then really at Laverne, when I got there, we had four alignment in the program. Um, 
Oh, so wow. we went out and recruited a bunch, and we had a really good offensive line in uh, 2012. Um, that might have been our best overall offensive line. And then we won the championship in 15, and that was a really good old line, kind of a mix of some older guys and some freshmen playing. Um, but again, like week to week, you could not redraw up your rules, but you, you know how it is. You're playing right. a four-down team one week and then a three-down team, and they have totally different blitzes and totally different looks. And here's a change up front we've got to be ready for. And, and those guys could mentally process it and handle it and get the guys blocked. Um, so, I mean, it was it was critical. If you If you don't have that aspect of things, it doesn't matter. Like, you can be really, really talented at other areas, and you'll be okay. But you, you can't do it without the old line, right? Like, you just you just can't. Like they've got to have some basic level of cohesion and functionality for you to succeed as an offense. And then you know here at Akron, we we went through some real growing pains. We were really young uh, on the old line, really for all three years. I mean, we had that shortened COVID year, um, which didn't count towards eligibility. So we played all freshmen, and then those young bucks came back the next year and. And we're freshmen again, and, you know, they've been in college a couple of years, but they're still playing against now these super seniors. Right. Um, so they're <laughs> yeah. a competitive strength disadvantage. And those guys are all back for them, so they'll be in good shape. But until you get to a point that those guys can mentally process it all and physically handle it all, you, it doesn't matter, like, what else you have. Like, unless you just have some elite player that's just going to make everything, you know, run around people. But that doesn't happen too often. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's absolutely right. I mean, you, you, you think about it. Eventually those guys get older, but they've got to start somewhere, you know, they've got to, they don't, they don't just come in top notch phenomenal players and you know, they're, they're, they're good in their own rights, but like you said, they're, it doesn't matter how good you are as an 18 year old freshman, you're still eventually at some point against some team, you're going to run into a 21 or 22 year old senior who has been around the block a hundred times and knows every trick that you think you know and and can just kind of eat your lunch a little bit. So, um, yeah, you're right. That's that that's tough. Um, but going back to what you said about those good lines at, at those other schools, it's that's kind of what I noticed when because we had a really good offensive line this past season at Lake Forest and, and won the conference championship. And I mean, I can remember a couple of games they'd come off the field after a, a touchdown drive or after a, even even a, you know, a, a punt. Um, and we'd sit down and, and I'd say, all right, what's going on? And, and I mean, it was like, boom, 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 telling me what's going on, what they need to do, their adjustments that they already talked about. And so it's, it's you know, it makes our job as coaches a heck of a lot easier when you've got that that cohesion and communication amongst amongst your your players. And, and that's what, you know, that's what those, that's what builds special teams and, and you know, championship caliber teams. So that's, that's you know, you get, you've obviously experienced it a couple of times. So that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it's, no, that's exactly it. What you know, you go through it the first years. You know, you're you got your young buck alignment, and you see a senior D lineman on the opposite team. You're like, we're going to struggle to block them, and then eventually the tables turn. Right. And uh, and you're like, man, we here we go. We got a chance. Like, right. So yeah, that's fun to watch. Um, <clears throat> you know, I've got to I've got to bring up. I, I'm sure anyone listening is 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 noticed the accent a little bit. <laughs> um, you know, you you did the you did the the clinic a couple uh was it did you do a clinic or was it a glazier speech about about overseas coaching overseas was that i spoke at the afca convention okay that's what it was okay yeah so so anyway so obviously you're you're from the uk correct 
Yeah. How, how, so two part question, just because, and I'm sure you've told this a thousand times, but I've never heard it. So being in, it's my podcast. I'm sorry. I'm going to make you say it again. <laughs> um, but how did you get involved with, with football and, and, and what brought you, uh, what brought you over here from the UK? I mean, it's just the smallest, craziest things in life, man. Yeah. Right? So what originally started it in about 1990 is my friend had a Sega Genesis in, in the UK called a Mega Drive. And he had this terrible wrestling game that he lent to a friend. <laughs> and in return, he got John Madden football, the original. <laughs> and so we sat there and we played Madden like the whole weekend. And and at that point, you couldn't play a season. You could just do a playoff. Okay. Um, so we had no idea. I played the playoffs and won the Super Bowl so many times, and I didn't realize what down meant. Like, I just right. run, tossed a wall paint, and it worked out pretty good. <laughs> um, so we started playing Madden, and then we, we went and played for a local, like, youth team. At that point, in, like, the late 80s, early 90s in Britain, there was a really vibrant scene of American football. Like, it's kind of a little bit further from where it is now you know they were playing the american bowl so every year there were two teams would go over and play a preseason game at wembley okay. and they they had the world league um which obviously the london monarchs won the first ever world league in 1990 um which then i found out that head coach was a laverne alum so that was a pretty small oh world. wow i got to meet him a few years later it was pretty sweet um so you're in this environment where everyone's curious about this sport. There's all these teams popping up through the country and, and, you know, there's several hundred teams in a, in Britain, smaller than Florida. So there's a pretty good saturation of teams from the youth up through the adult level. And, and the big teams have big sponsors and they're bringing in players. So I just kind of, you know, went from being interested as a fan to wanting to go try it, mm -hmm. to trying it and loving it to then going and playing and, and then uh, starting my own team because our team folded in the town. So we created a team and then picked my college in the UK based off which team had a college team because there was about 50 to 60 college programs at that point. Um, so I, I, I picked a team that had gone to the national championship the year before, but they had lost. So I was like, we got some unfinished business. So I went there and, and, and played a couple of years. And after my second year of playing, uh, they came to me and said, hey, would you be interested in coaching next year? And uh, and I'm always kind of, you know, felt like it's team first no matter what. Right. So, you know, I wanted to keep playing. I wanted to kind of have that experience of finishing my career playing, but they needed me to coach. So I uh, thought about it for about five seconds. And I was like, sure. So that was like the first offseason where I truly, truly had to sit down and think about like, an 11 man football playbook. What do I want to do um, in the UK at that point? And even now it's hard to get direct information. The internet has made it easier, but you know, back then, like you were downloading playbooks off the internet, like West coast, you know, offense.com and right. these different sites trying to get information. There was really minimal clinics that you could go to like, I buy coaches choice videos and get them shipped over, but they didn't work too well in the UK VHS players. So, I mean, it was, it was a challenge. Um, so you had to be more, you know, had to persevere the resources you had access, you had to like maximize those. Um, and eventually I ended up coming over to the States in the summer. I, I saved up all summer to be able to 
formed like a flight and I came out to a high school and spent three weeks with the high school during like their preseason period in August. Um, and that just was transformational for me to see like a group of coaches take, a, you know, a group of players from the beginning, from the beginning of install through to a game and to see that the practice review film installation kind of model um, and see like 120 guys at practice every day and, right. and to experience that. And, uh, you know, there's some really good players on that team um, that went on and several, a couple of them played on in the NFL. Like, I mean, you're just around some really impressive coaches and players. And so I kind of came back to the UK and thought, Hey, this would be, I, I didn't, you know, there wasn't a minute of that, that I thought this is work. Like I just, you know how it is. You just love it. And yeah. uh, it didn't matter what it was, whether, we're, Hey, we're in the weight room at midnight trying to move some stuff around for a certain lift the next day. Um, you know, so I went back home. I graduated, was working in for an investment company and, uh, and was trying to get a job in the U S um, you know, and it was, you know, really difficult um i applied for i mean i went through every d3 and d2 d2 schools website got the email address for the head coach mail merged a email out with my resume and sent it to everybody like every week just right relentless kind of like hey like and uh at first like a bunch of people would be nice and reply and say no get lost and then uh, <laughs> some would be like hey give me a call let's talk and i'd talk and then there'd be nothing and and, uh, you know, in the meantime, I got an internship in NFL Europe and uh, I, I'm there for like a few days. I'm helping out. And then, you know, by the end of the week, the head coach is like, hey, I want to call people in the U.S. And, and get you something. So I got these guys telling me I need to do that. So um, I just kept applying and eventually got this GA job at Lakeland College. And I came out with the mindset of like, hey, I'm going to do this for two years. Um, I'm going to put everything I have into it. And if at the end of it, I can't get a job afterwards and I go back to Europe, then I'll be the best coach I can be in Europe. And if not, I'll stick it out here. Well, I went to Lakeland, did the two years. Um, then they got me a job at Millican where I went there for three years, got to know mm -hmm. then the offensive coordinator at Carthage who got the Illinois college job and just kind of, there was no plan. There was no like, here's where I'm going to be in five years. It's like, Hey, I'm going to try and work as hard as I can right now and something good will kind of happen as a result of it. And, and there was a lot of uh, misses along the way, a lot of things where, you know, you're like, man, you're really close to getting like that quote unquote, like big time job. Um, but I wouldn't trade the path I've had for anything. I think I've learned an awful lot from having to wear all the many hats you have to wear at the D3, you know, oh, yeah. there's just from operations to travel, to weight room stuff, to, recruiting to like you know you want a kid that's being offered a partial at a d2 and you're a d3 how do you get that kid to come to your school i mean that to me is more difficult in recruiting than than it was for division one for a long time right uh, now with the nli stuff i think that's changing but um so that was kind of the, the journey and you know along the way i mean illinois college your your alma mater i met my wife and and we got married a couple of years later after we moved to california um, and so then, you know, after eight years at Laverne, we kind of turned that program around, but we did turn it around, went to the playoffs and, um, broke every record they had. And, and I still text, I was 
one of the things I was doing last week was just texting a bunch of my former players, just checking in on them, see how they're doing. And right. it's pretty cool. Like seeing them like, Hey, you know, this guy's a lawyer and this guy's at this school, he finishes law degree. And, um, you know, this guy's a doctor and this one's a chiropractor and this one's a cop and, and, and just, you know, what you want when you're recruiting at division three is to tell them they're going to be a productive member of society when they graduate and have a good situation for their family. And it's really cool to see that happening for them all. Yeah. That's awesome. That that's, I mean, it's, you know, we, everybody's path is obviously unique to themselves, but you know, when you get to have such a unique path period um, it, it's, it's, it's really, it's, you know, it's, it's cool to hear it. I mean, honestly, and it's, it's, you know, I hope there's some, some guys out there listening, some young guys out there listening that, you know, it's don't, 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 you know, though I hate to be cliche, but you know, don't give up. Don't, you know, keep, keep, keep plugging away because you never know who you're going to meet at what time that's going to get you, uh, you know, the opportunity that you, that you want and that you're looking for. So that, that's awesome. Um, uh, yeah, well, I appreciate I'll you. you. I'll give you one quick story if I can. Yeah, absolutely. For any of the young bucks listening that are trying to get that college job was, uh, I, I came over to the U S and, and did that visit to a high school and, and, uh, came back the next year and interviewed and I met with a, a D one staff and was told, Hey, you've got a place with us next year. And, uh, and then they pulled that off for like a few months later. And it took me like a decade to find out what happened. It was nothing related <laughs> to me, but it, it, it broke my heart. Um, and at that point, you know, you got to consider I'm, I'm sending out emails to 500 or whatever it is, programs every week, as many people as I can find. And I see this job at Lakeland College, which there's more to it, but I, I sit there and I think, hey, I'm going to send this resume to this Coach Zabrowski guy at Lakeland. Um, and this will be the last application I sent. And then, because right. it was it was August, like they had already started training camp. Um, and I'm, I went out to the movies actually, and I was pretty down. And I went out actually, me and my mom went out to the movies. And I came back and I had an email from the guy saying, like, I think he was something like, hey, brother, don't know how to call you across the pond. <laughs> call me. So I called him and like 10 minutes into the conversation, we're talking about footwork on outside zone and this and that. And he's like, all right, you want the job? I'm like, yeah. He goes, you got it. Call this guy. He's going to get your visa set up. You're good. And uh, I got off the phone kind of stunned and was like, holy shit. Like, I mean, so... Yeah, for all the people out there that may be struggling, that don't think it's going to happen, it, it will. And you, right. you don't know when it's going to happen, but literally I applied for everything with every team in the country to get anywhere until training camp opened. And then all of a sudden I got that one thing that, you know, led to 19 years of, of a career going. So, right. um, yeah, just literally keep going. Be yeah. the last standing. Not, none of us, none of us know when, when, that next opportunity is coming. So yeah, you got it. You got to keep going, but no, I, I, again, I, we're obviously we're not done with the podcast, but I, I, I appreciate you giving me the, the, the origin story, so to speak, just cause I never, you know, like I said, at the beginning, you and I have, have been, you know, we've, we've known each other for a while through social media, but never gotten to talk. So um, I appreciate that. That's, that's awesome. Um, next question I've got for you and just kind of more recent stuff, but, your your role at, at Akron 
um, was a little fascinating to me. Obviously, the you know you've got the analytics piece, which is which is very huge and big right now. But director of football research, what talk to me a little bit about kind of what that entailed um, and, and sort of what your role was um, with the Zips for those three years. I mean, that was wild. So, I mean, there was clearly when I came in, I was told, hey, there's no job description for this. We, we had an idea <laughs> of what it could be. Okay. But it evolved year to year. Um, so the duties in the football research aspect varied depending on where we were in the season. So, or in the year, I should say. So if we're in the season, you're, you're really looking at the next team you're playing and trying to build as much scouting information and pertinent information about them of all three phases of the game, mm -hmm. which is what I thought was unique. The more I speak to people, everyone's limited to one side of the ball. And I got to meet with all three coordinators every week and our, and our head coach. Um, and so that experience was just mind blowing. The, the things that the discussions you would get into on each side that you would then kind of roll over and learn from that. And the next week grow on that. Um, so the, the research piece would be like in, you know, one off season, it was every Friday I would do football Friday. So it'd be like a two hour, like clinic for our staff. Um, and so like, it would be, the topic would be like, all right, uh, fourth down going for it trends, like, and, and not like, Hey, fourth and one, you should go for it. But like, Hey, here's every fourth and one from the NFL broken down last year. And the last two years, even here's the plays that were the best here's the plays off of those, here's the formations, here's the good ideas, things that we could incorporate. Um, and then non-traditional like punts would kind of equate into that as an example. So we, you know, we found some examples of teams punting on third down and, sure. and uh, even found an example where a team punted on second down. Um, so, I mean, the research aspect was just purely trying to be as knowledgeable about situations that happen uh, different teams and what they do, trends within the NFL and uh, college. Um, I mean, there really wasn't much that didn't fall under that sort of hat, if that makes sense. And, you know, so for me being a football junkie, I mean, it's pretty sweet. Like, I mean, you have everyone's films. So you're just like, all right, let's go look at the top 10 rushing teams and see what they're doing, you know, in these base downs that's pretty good for them and right and you know present it to your staff wow that's i mean that's yeah like like you said for a for a film junkie that's you're kind of and, and especially now with technology where obviously you know you're not it's not like you've got to put in tape and and load up dvds or anything like that it's 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 point click and 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 you're right there and you've got you know you've got your report so to speak um yeah that's pretty cool that, that, you, that that's what you spent your time doing. Yeah, I mean, I had a, a project, and that's how DB Sport was organized. It was like all projects. So I had an all-Mac project that had every game from the Mac that year in it, and then I had an all-NFL one. So that's 256 regular season games plus playoffs, so like 270 games. And then you yeah. could go in and go, all right, I want every third and four to six in the low red zone. Oh, wow. Boom, there's a cut-up of 120 plays, start breaking them down, see what the tendencies are on both sides. So, I mean, it, just having access to that was different than, you know, how it is. At, yeah. When I was at IC and Laverne, like, 
I'm going on YouTube trying to scour for films. Sometimes <laughs> one of my friends would give me a, a Google Drive with a bunch of stuff on it. And, uh, you know, you're just at the mercy of what you can get. Whereas here it was consumer driven. It was anything I wanted, I could get. Yeah. And uh, so then it, you know, really the amount of data you could look at kind of grew. Um, and we, we had some students we'd train to kind of do film breakdown and analysis. And one of those guys is a D2GA now. Uh, Vance Thompson, a little shout out for you. Um, Brandon Fort's coaching high school ball. So we, we had quite a few guys go on for the, the work for us there. Um, so then there's the game, game strategy piece, the game day piece. Like, I mean, it's just having done it now, I, I'm like, every staff should have someone like me that can sit down and and just dive into people a little bit more. And, and, and it really made me think about scouting reports because like I had always envisioned for years, I don't, know how, I don't know how it was at Lake Forest, but you know, you're kind of thinking like, man, I wish I could get like the all telling scout report that was like a hundred pages long of just everything. And I'm like, but you don't have time to digest that information on a Sunday or a Monday right. to kind of get through it. So my goal was always, yeah, I'm going to give you information, but it needs to be easily digestible. And it's probably going to be different each week, depending on what who we're playing. So then it became more of like trying to just describe opposing teams and, and what people needed to know. And that was, you know, talking to our defensive coordinator. He's like, look, you, you're going to give me whatever reports you want. I'm going to write down whatever you say. And that's going to form the basis of my opinion of this next team. So that told me a lot. So, I mean, I could type a hundred pages and, and my first year I did, but that was kind of counterproductive, I think at points. So it was very much trying to balance what they could absorb, what you could present over the course of a week, um, you know, with how much information you could direct out. There's no point in just giving them information and being like after the game, what well, was in there when well, they had no idea to look at that. Right. Know? one child that you gave them so um it was cool yeah no that's 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 i mean but that's the trend of football nowadays i mean it's it's the the analytic piece and and being able to look for those things and find those things and and uh you know it's it's about everyone's everyone needs the edge and, and everyone's trying to find that edge and and whether it's through that research scouting or the analytics everyone's trying to achieve it um and, and like you said, that's a, such a unique, a unique job that you had that I, I would imagine more people are going to start trending towards that as well as the analytics too. So um, that's, that's very fascinating to me. Um, very cool. Um, last question I've got for you. And this is the, this is the, the one that gives everyone the, the hard time, but um, if you could put together an offensive line, uh, a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen from guys you coached, uh, guys you played with or guys you were just maybe a fan of who would be on that five-man offensive line oh shit <laughs> all right well you, you know it's interesting you know maybe like the best offensive lineman i, I coached uh was a guy named kyle ellis when i was at laverne mm -hmm. um he was an engineering student that transferred to us um, coached after he graduated was a GA for us but like I never had to like minimize any information I wanted to give him he could process and handle 
so much information and everybody in our offensive lineman on line relied on him being able to recognize every front and know how we were going to block everything that he kind of directed the traffic on the field. And as yeah. he started every game for his four years, um, like that was invaluable. But when he graduated, we got better on the old line because now everybody had to actually know what the F they would do it. Right. Um, so I would put him at center, but not let him speak to anybody. <laughs> um, we had a great tackle in England um, on our all-star team called Nick Burns, who I would put on that list. And it's probably unusual. No one said they're going to take international guys, but um, Nick was like a, would have, he was like a good 6'5", 290-pound lean athlete that could run and basketball, you know, dunk and all that stuff. So I put him right. on the team. We had a great tackle at um, Illinois College that was an All-American um, that transferred into us, was from Highland High School. Um, so I put him at left tackle. Uh, Man, and then I got the guard positions. Who do I want to take? Um, you know, we had a, a nasty offensive lineman at Lakeland called Greg Dorian, who was from from Nevada that ended up in Wisconsin somehow. Um, <laughs> and and he never really got any accolades, but I just remember the way he used to play. And he'd be in his stance, and he always had his hand, like, twitching like he was ready to punch someone. Right. Um, <laughs> And that's always just stuck with me like through 20 years is like just the kind of violent mentality he was ready to play. And he, he, you know, like never really got the accolades or anything like that. He moved to D-line the next year, but just his mentality that he played with always stuck with me. Um, and then uh, I think I'm going to put Justin Schnurstein uh, from Laverne on my left guard. He's another four-year starter, uh, graduated with a 4.0, uh, head of the class and I believe in economics. And now he lives in, in Vegas, living the married life, uh, doing great. So that would probably be the old line, like intelligent guys, mm -hmm. um, gave you the ability to run and pass, uh, all could move. Um, for me, I just think the mental part is so important. Like, Oh yeah. Like, I mean, it, I've never once had like, you know, just the dominant old lineman that I could just tell him like, just go and he's just going to mash everybody not have to worry about assignment. So like I've always been around guys that uh, you're going to be assignment sound. So th those five, I think would be, would be kind of the, the crew. Um, and I'm probably missing a bunch. How I didn't mention any of the uh, Akron guys. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but uh yeah, that, that would be the crew I would roll with. I think. Awesome. It's I, I like it. You that is that is the first international guy. So that's that's good. We can we can I'll make a note in the uh in the archives that that's the first international guy. So good good deal. We had well, some freaks. It was cool. Yeah, I I I mean I'm that's we could probably talk for another three hours about that. I we might <laughs> have to we might have to have a part two and talk just about the the international part of part of things. Um that'd be fun. Yeah. But coach, I appreciate you coming on. Do me a favor before we get you out of here. Um, drop your Twitter handle and any other information you want the listeners to know. All right. I feel like it's the end of uh, Hot Wings and I get my uh, my time to sort of shine really. So um, hit me up on Twitter at coach underscore Wurzel, W-O-R-S-E-L-L. -L. Um, 
my DMs are open. So if you are a young coach trying to get into college and you just want some advice or just so on, just to vent to, hit me up. I'll, I'll do my best to, to listen and, and help. Um, uh, you know, so best way, reach out to me on Twitter. My, my apps, notifications are on. You can, you can reach me 24-7 on that thing. So uh, uh, that, would be a, that would be awesome to hear from people. Awesome. Well, coach, again, I appreciate you coming on. This was, this was very, very fun. I appreciate talking with you and, and getting to know you a little bit more and, and looking forward to talking with you again soon. No problem. I'm excited to have you. So thanks so much, Tony. Appreciate you, man. All right. Take care. Bye, buddy. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you like and subscribe and you can find previous episodes on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. 